0: I did a video about keto being a fad. Obviously I said it wasn't, but then it started to make me wonder if there are any real limitations to keto. Hello, Wellness Warriors. Welcome to mind-blowing health and wellness with Violet. I'm Violet, your keto psychologist. The reason I make these videos is to help you to understand that your mental health and physical health working well together is what creates that overall sense of well-being. If this is something that you wanna work on, subscribe because I make new videos every week. So by this point, Most of us know the basics, that in order to do a ketogenic lifestyle, you lower your carb intake to 20 grams of carbs or less, and your body just magically starts to use fat for fuel. You lose weight and everything is rainbows and unicorns. But actually we know that the only part of that that was true was that you lower your carb count down from whatever, 400 to 20 grams of carbs or less. And this does allow your body to access the fat that you have stored. your body and begin to use it for fuel but it doesn't happen overnight what is not talked about a lot is the fact that there are hormones involved in this process so obviously when we decrease the amount of carbohydrates we're eating we dramatically increase the possibility of getting into ketosis because carbohydrates raise our insulin levels and block our ability to use the fat on our body for fuel right because Carbohydrates are toxic in large amount to our body, and so insulin needs to step in to clear up those carbs that are floating around in your blood. This is something that we learned from Dr. Westman, or at least that I learned from Dr. Westman early on when I started to research what exactly is happening with my body. But as we do more research, what we actually figure out is that there are other hormones that are actually involved in what happens to the food we eat we have cortisol we have leptin we have ghrelin and there are more of them and they have an impact on what our body is doing so today i'm only going to talk about cortisol because i want to show you something that we're not focusing on that we probably should be focusing on if we're trying to understand what our bodies are trying to accomplish however i will say that you probably could go through the exact same process for leptin you probably could do it for ghrelin you probably could do it for mTOR probably so you, you could probably do it for every one of the hormones but i'm just using cortisol right now because I think it's a good example and I have information about it. So cortisol is known to psychologists because it plays a role in how we manage stressful situations. So for everybody who's ever heard of fight or flight, cortisol plays a pivotal role in fight or flight. It's gonna make us make some carbs so that we can use our body to get out of this dangerous situation that we happen to be in. Now, when our body is making carbs in this situation, so when cortisol is saying, "Hey." make energy so I can run away from this tiger, it actually also blocks insulin from putting that sugar away because that would be counterproductive. So for those of us who are insulin resistant and then get into a stressful situation, so my insulin's already not working well, and then cortisol is actually saying, hey, don't do anything right now, but I'm eating excessive amounts of carbohydrates. That's why my insulin is not working well in the first place. Then what's actually happening is that unfortunately i'm now in a situation where there's a lot of carbohydrates in my system for some stress that i'm living if i actually need to do something physically to end the problem that's happening in front of me the carbs will get used life will go on but what about those situations where what's stressing me doesn't take physical energy from me to do or is long term so that the stressor is there and it's going to be there for extended periods of time. Well, now that stressor is continually pumping carbs because cortisol is turned on. So carbs are being pumped into my bloodstream regularly to help me to fight this fight that's not actually happening because the stressor is psychological or the stressor is long-term and there's nothing for me to physically do right now. One of the examples I can give you of this is people who have job stress. They work from Monday to Friday. By the time the weekend comes, they use the entire weekend just to recuperate, sleep, rest, prepare for Monday where they go and start it all over again. We could also be in relationship stress. We can also be in financial stress. Any of these stressors can create the story where cortisol is high, extended periods of time, interfering with the actions of insulin, which is already in a problem because you've been eating too many carbs and therefore we have a double whammy happening. You know, even just the fact that I can't stand the way I look. So if I'm overweight and I hate it is a stressor to me, which would then keep me in this high cortisol situation, which would then create a situation where I'm having insulin resistance, or I'm contributing to my insulin resistance. Now, when we continually have high cortisol, that actually impacts our immune system. And, it can compromise our ability to fight off disease. Then we find ourselves getting sick. And of course being sick is a stressor on the body. So of course you end up producing more cortisol. Again, depressing your immune system. Now cortisol is also important for helping us to reduce inflammation. However, what happens if cortisol is on all the time like I said with those people who their work is very stressful or their relationship is very stressful so now cortisol is high for extended periods of time what happens to the action of cortisol in its uh, attempt to fight inflammation well its actions become diminished the same way that when you're insulin resistant the action of insulin becomes diminished when your cortisol is too high for too long you will also see the same diminish in its ability to function so now I will be inflamed and then my cortisol isn't functioning well. So then being inflamed will cause me to be even more inflamed. And then we have ever present carbohydrates that are not helping this situation. Now, because cortisol is activated by the sympathetic nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system needs to be quieted because both of these systems are energy hungry systems. The parasympathetic system is involved in the digestion and absorption of your food. So right away, you can see that if cortisol is turned on for too long by the sympathetic nervous system, your ability to process food has now been compromised, which would mean that A, you're not getting all the nutrients out of the food that you should be getting, but also B, now we're opening the door for digestive tract problems. If it's severe, it can lead to ulcers, irritable bowel syndrome, colitis, and other types of you know intestinal issues. And what's worse is that those intestinal issues are actually an inflammation of the mucus layer so once again there's the inflammation piece of the puzzle which is going to keep cortisol trying to be turned on it's a vicious cycle now of course there are more issues than what i've just named there i just wanted to give you a few for you to see how cortisol is playing a huge role in us remaining inflamed, it's playing a huge role in carbs being in our blood system, which is playing a huge role in the action of insulin, in in your insulin resistance. It's playing a huge role. The need to solve the issues that are happening in our life so that our cortisol production can actually come down and therefore our insulin can get back to normal because they affect each other. All hormones affect each other. The same way that if I'm walking and I hurt my right leg, from that moment forward, I will be walking differently. My entire body will be affected by the fact that I hurt my right leg. My left leg will be trying to compensate. My whole body will be out of kilter, right? Because one part affects the whole and your hormones are the same. If one of your hormones is out of whack, all of your hormones are going to be somewhat out of whack. There's actually another huge limiting factor of keto. And it's actually us. So you and I will make or break whether or not keto functions correctly for us. What you believe about the ketogenic lifestyle, why it works, why it doesn't work, what you need to do, how much you need to do, how hard it will be, how much energy, effort, time, how long will you do it for? Is it a diet or is it a lifestyle? Do I really need to do 20 grams or can I do 30 or 40 or 50? You and I are the other limiting factor that can cause problems. And the way that the ketogenic lifestyle is going to improve your health, keep you stable, or even diminish your health. See a lot of people adding fat and bacon to everything and their weight goes up, their health diminishes because they didn't take the time to understand that keto is not about adding fat. Keto is taking the carbohydrates down to 20 grams or less. The same way that cortisol affects everything else that's happening in your body, your understanding of how to do the ketogenic lifestyle affects your application of how you're doing the ketogenic lifestyle, which then affects how your body reacts to everything that you're doing. It's sad because I've watched keto channels where I see people cycling in and out of keto because they're using it as a diet rather than recognizing that it's a way of life that to be successful means that you do it. And it's not a way to diminish your, of course you can, you know, I start to say that. It's like, the truth is yes, it can be a way to diminish your weight. And then you go back to eating the standard American diet, standard Canadian diet, but actually all you're doing then is yo yo dieting. And every single one of us knows that yo-yo dieting causes problems. And if that's what you're doing, are you helping yourself? So that's the limitation of keto, right? Us.